Good morning, good morning. On today's podcast, I have special guest Guillaume Viat, a strategy consultant and leadership coach. Guillaume guides CEOs and founders to align people and accelerate innovation adoption. He is the founder of MetaHelm, a consulting firm focused on building strategic narratives for established companies. For Guillaume, traditional business storytelling is dead. Innovation happens when you build a new narrative instead. As he says, people will pay for a story, but they will die for a narrative. Have a listen. Have you ever had negative thoughts in your mind that you aren't good enough, that you'll never be successful? If so, you're not alone. I've had those thoughts playing in my mind ever since I took the leap to become an entrepreneur. It's a dirty, dark secret that no one likes to talk about as the glamorization of becoming an entrepreneur is shown in the media. I realized that in order to succeed, I needed help. We all do. So I decided to go all in on myself, spending thousands of hours in the trenches, reading, joining groups, listening to podcasts, hiring coaches to develop a bulletproof morning routine for success. Join me on my journey as together we build our morning fire to ignite our lives as entrepreneurs. My name is Jeff Wickersham, and this is the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm excited to have special guest Guillaume Viat on the show. Guillaume, welcome to the show. Jeff, it's a pleasure to be here. Yes, thank you. Thank you for being here. So let's get into state. Let's get those three power breaths in. We're going to breathe in through the belly, up through the chest. Go ahead and breathe in. And out. Good. Another breath in. And out. Final breath in. And out. All right. Now we're going to count down. We got that power boom coming up in three, two, one, and boom. Boom. <laughs> Love it, Yum. Thank you for uh, for playing along. So let's get right into it. Morning habits, rituals, routines, foundation for success, foundation for starting your day off on the right foot. What are a couple of things that you do every day that sat you, set you down that path towards success? Well, I learned over the year that I have a special connection uh, to uh, the media of pen and paper. So I, I, I really am attracted to this. And the first thing I want to do when I wake up is grab a cup of, uh, of coffee and sit down in my home office here, light a candle and you know, bring in the light just slowly. And then I want to start by thinking about how am I going to make an impact today? So I call this moment designing impact. And so it takes uh, my journal, my journal every day. I've been journaling for, for many years now and I do it pen and paper religiously. And I do it through the people I'm thinking about impacting today when I'm going to meet them. What am I going to do to reach out to them? What are the things I may change, I may think about, I may focus on to, um, to, to achieve that? And that gets me on the right track. After I've done that, I close the journal and I meditate for briefly five to 10 minutes. And here's the thing. I wake up naturally at anywhere between 5.20 and 5.40, no alarm clocks. I just, I just, you know, I just set habit, you know, so long ago that it's just natural. And I have a limited amount of time because I have two kids uh, who will wake up at 7 a.m. 
And that's my that's 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 my role here is to as as a leader of this family is to start the day the right way so that I can be with my kid at 7 a.m. 7 to 8 is usually when we're getting ready for school. We're connecting. We're looking at the day. We're making sure that everybody is uh, in the best mood possible. So I have to show up there, you know, with not only my professional day figured out, but also my family day figured out. Oh, I love that. I love how you're designing your impact, right? You're being intentional in who you're going to impact throughout the day. Love that you're spending five to 10 minutes meditating. I, I am such a huge fan of, of meditation as, as well. And I love that you added in that you've got two kids and they're up at seven because so many times I hear that as an excuse of, I just, I, I can't get started in the right track because my kids get up. That's where I'm always like, hey, just get up a little bit before them. Spend the yeah. time on yourself, grounding yourself, and then you're going to be much more equipped to show up as the best version of yourself for them mm -hmm. and for all those around you. So love, uh, love that process. Love those uh, those things you do in the morning. I'm I'm sure it's it's an amazing amazing experience. And I love how you're using pen to paper, right? Writing it down. And I I am uh, I'm along the same lines. I love to write uh, and and write things down. And I I think it's so incredibly powerful. Well, this is, you know, um, I see a routine. I wanted to give context to, to people here for, for why I do this routine because everybody has a different context. And I think that family is, you know, a big, big part of my context. So that explains why I wake up sometimes and what I, do what I do. The pen and paper comes from uh, this idea that design, you know, the word design in French, because I'm, I'm you know, originally from France, design comes from the word dessiner, which means to draw. Right. So for me, design has always been something about drawing with pen and paper. That's how you design something. It's, it's kind of the original version of this word. And so there, there's something about putting your hands on something and just molding it and, and you know, giving it facet, like shaping it like a sculpture. You could that you could do that 3D, but you could that certainly 2D, of course. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right. So let's get, so we've got the morning routine. Give, give me a little background and give the audience a little bit of background about what you do. And then how did you get to this point as far as what you're, what you're doing? Some of those peaks and valleys that we all experience in life mm -hmm. that, that, that we go through. Well, so my company is called MetaHelm and I specialize in helping CEOs, company founders, business leaders build a strategic narrative. What a strategic narrative will do for them is that it's going to help them align their team, align people inside the company as well with outside the company. And it's going to help them as a result accelerate the, the speed at which they will innovate, they will launch product and make their company more successful. And I have to be at my best from the get-go because I work with clients internationally in Europe. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've got clients uh, starting also in Singapore uh, these days. And so I work, you know, different time zones. I have to be, um, I have to be ready to go. My, my job is about sharing ideas, is about facilitating more creative leadership. So I have to walk the talk and I have to be game on as I'm connecting with those people. These days, of course, it's mostly, um, you know, through, uh, through Zoom, through, uh, and, but it, it has always been a little bit through, through in-person as well. Building a strategic narrative is different from storytelling. I have been in, you know, have been doing what I do for over 20 years now, different capacity. I started Meta Health in 2017 after realizing that this was really going to be 
probably what I do for the rest of my life, but who knows, maybe that will change. But that's really what I felt in my body that I was designed, I was meant for that. And I studied all, you know, most of the techniques that I could find out there to help my, um, my, you know, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, build better companies and storytelling came in my radar, I would say, uh, late nineties, early 2000, okay. maybe, maybe a little later. And so there's been a big movement on storytelling and the thing with storytelling is that we're still trying to define what it is really. I mean, if you look at the number of books on business storytelling, it's just staggering to see that they're in Everybody knows what it is, but no one knows what it is. Okay. That's how I summarize it. But one of the things I took away from this research and experience is that, first of all, your company, we, we, we can hear people say, hey, uh, let's tell our story. You know, what's our, what's our story? What's my story? You don't have a story. I feel like you have, and I, I see you have many stories, right? What makes you differentiate on the market, what makes your company be more successful if, is if you're able to condense and connect all the story with what I call a narrative. And a narrative is okay. future focused. Narrative is future focused. Stories have happened already. They have a beginning, they have a middle and an end and, and they wrap up. You know, we, we talk about the hero's journey and hopefully the heroes yeah. come back to, to success. A narrative is open-ended. There's a beginning, a middle, but who knows if we're going to succeed? There is a reason why it's open-ended. Because if you leave it open, what you do is that you, you can invite people with you. You are not a sole hero of the, of the journey here. You are able to attract people and turn them from audience to participants. So I tend to think uh, of narrative as the primary device that you should build to think about your organization as a community and a movement. And these days, this is hugely valuable this is critical for you know the companies that have to face the challenges that we have out there so that's the these are the main bullet points that i make between story and narrative and what i focus on what i specialize on uh it you, you asked me about my journey you know it, i didn't wake up one day figuring this all out you know it's just like revelations i i, I just i just stumble across so many cases where I was trying to have um, people tell a story that uh, that was not theirs. They're trying to make up something. They're trying to to, to do something that create something that was fake. I, I you know, I've, I've been there as well, and I thought this got to be a better way. No, and I, I think the authenticity comes out when when you're, you're you're telling a story, and and it's not coming from from your own experience. It's interesting that you bring up just the story, the hero's journey, and then that future pacing of that narrative, because that's one of the things that I've gotten just personally more and more centered around. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm uh, launching a, a family challenge. It's called the Unstoppable Family Challenge. And my mm -hmm. narrative is I'm going to impact 1 billion families by 2072 when I'm 96 years young. And that's okay. that's my, I mean, it, so it's, it's just great that's having you on the show. What's right? that? That's your North Star. Correct. Correct. Yes. Huh. Yes. And and it, it's just interesting as you're talking through it, light bulbs are going off in my head as far as, you know, past and, and, and future and including people on the journey because everybody can get on and, and we can go and change the world uh, at a family level from that. So I, I love that piece. So what are the four dimensions of a strategic narrative? If somebody's resonating with, okay, I, I kind of understand stories or I know that's kind of a closed loop, a hero's journey where I'm a part of, 
I want to mm -hmm. create a movement. I want to include others on that mm -hmm. journey. What are the four dimensions of a strategic narrative? So you're going to make people excited about your narrative if you tell them first why you are excited about this. If, if, if I may, Jeff, I'll take, just take your examples because you just shared it. You have this challenge. You're, you want to impact, correct me if I'm wrong, 1 billion families, right? Correct. I'm wondering right now, how did you come up with that? What was the moment, what was the defining thought that created this excitement such excitement that you went, Doc, we have to do this. I'm going to turn this idea into action. So if you're building a narrative, that's the first dimension. It's the personal and internal you know, quadrant, 25% of that narrative that only can exist if you sense that energy and if you're able to explain it to others. And uh, most, most company founders have a great origin story. They just don't think about nourishing it and connecting it back together to, you know, to, to the present moment. It's always striking to me when I ask you know, uh, people I work with, like, what, what, you know, why did you, or if you found the company, maybe why did you want to join this company? And it turns out that this, this, this part of the, you know, of the narrative is always something that's completely forgotten about. It's hidden. It's kind of the seed that was there at the beginning of the, of the company. If you compare the company as a, as a plant or as a tree, it was the start of the root system. And that there are so many things, so many roots, so many branches, departments, people, products. Even if you're a small business, you've got so many things going on that you forget why it started. It's very easy to forget. That's the first dimension. The second dimension is we named it, and I'll use your example, I guess, is where do you want to go? Like, what impact do you want to have on your community? I call this the opportunity part of the narrative. Most people we think of the opportunity as, oh, yeah, you mean the business opportunity, you know, what, how much money we're going to make? And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm talking about what opportunity are you creating for others? Right. Right. And that's a, that's a shift in how you think about an organization. Like organization not only exists for their shareholders or, or people who work there, but for 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 the outside. Like, are, are we? You know, is it about creating job? Is it about changing the way you do something? Um, so I work with companies who want to change the way we do um, IT, cybersecurity. I work with companies who want to change the way you know about, about change the way uh, women feel confident about themselves things like that so that's the big opportunity that's the that's the impact there the third dimension is okay great so you know where this is coming from you have a you have a something to point to so how are we going to get there and i'm not even talking about the product yet because the product is at the very end i'll tell you why at the very end i put it at the very end it's philosophically like what what are the values what are the what are the characteristics of um, how you approach solving this problem? So you will see companies uh, put manifestos together, mission, vision statements, and those are just the revelation of this, this narrative. But for, for, for many companies, it's something that is not very well shared together. And so I call it the perspective story. It's how a group comes together with a common set of values that they will defend until they almost die. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's a fundamental way uh, that also another, another difference between story and narrative. S stories will engage people. People will buy a story. They will grab your book, your podcast, and they'll read it and then and they'll, they'll move on. In narrative, it mobilizes people. It just, it okay. just helps. 
invites them to a cause to a mission for which they will die. So the perspective story is really the perspective part of the of the narrative is really about that is about creating this foundational set of beliefs that we agree upon so that we create this group. And then the fourth dimension is obviously what I call the, the product story. There is no company without an, I call it product, but I, I, what I mean by this is it could be an offer or service. You know, um, if you're a consultant, it, maybe it's a workshop. If you're an IT company, it's a, it's a piece of software most of the time or whatever. So you know, I see the product as only the materialization of your narrative, of your, of your belief system many companies don't make that connection. And so they start building um, offers and products that feel disjointed or too converted gotcha. or too complex that people don't understand. And so they need to get back to their basics and figure out what is the connection with, you know, what they uh, what, what, what they decided they wanted to do in the, in the first place. There is a very common, a very well-known story, you know, the, of Zappos and how the founder of Zappos recreated that link. You know, the, the company was struggling at the time until they figured out that, okay, they were all about customer service and they, they reshaped their entire offering based on this perspective. Okay. So these are the four, the four pillars, or I call them quadrants because I have a framework where I literally you know, divide a sheet of paper into four and I have people do, do this, this, this exercise. No, I, I appreciate you sharing those, uh, those four dimensions, because obviously, as you're, you were talking through them, I was thinking of the Unstoppable Family Challenge and and especially, you know, the why, why are you so excited? I mean, I, it was it was disconnecting from my 13 year old son as he became a teenager and inundated right. with social media and those pressures and, yeah. and everything. And, and that was just so core to who I am that I wanted to stand up for him and, and other families because we're all facing very similar issues. So uh, it just. It. Yeah, it, it just it just resonates with me. So I, I so so appreciate you 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 playing that out. So you know, recruiting internal external true believers. Obviously, we we talked a little bit about storytelling. We talked about the strategic narrative and how that's so powerful to get people on that journey with you. Mm -hmm. If you're a founder, CEO that wants to change that narrative, how do you get internal stakeholders and, and external stakeholders to, to really buy into the project? The first thing is to position yourself, not as someone as, who has the answer to this question, but somebody who may have maybe some of the answers, but is mostly a facilitator of finding the answers. I, I think it's a, you have to be in the mindset of I am here to steer the ship in the direction that reveals meaning and inspiration to people. And maybe this meaning and this inspiration comes from somebody you have no idea yet. Right. Maybe somebody inside, maybe it's a client, maybe somebody you run into. You have to be really you know, aware, uh, aware of this. That's the first part. And then right, right, if, if you have that already, if, you, you know, if, if you're in this mindset, so that's a huge asset. The first thing is that, to, uh, the, the, the second thing, sorry, is to understand that a strategic narrative is always due at certain times. Like when you hire someone, you, you want to you know, show them why this company is to onboard them. When you sell, obviously it's critical to the marketing and the sales process. When you pitch investors, uh, it's always due, but it's never done. It evolves because if you think about your company as a living entity um, and we, you know, the narrative is going to, 
evolve over time depending on the context you are in. There might be events, there might be change in your market, there might be different things happening. And so it's never, so see this as a product versus just, uh, sorry, as a process versus as a product. So if you're seeing this as a process, you sh somebody should re be responsible for this process. Okay. And most people think it's marketing because me, when people hear the word narrative, it's like, oh, storytelling, it's marketing. It's, right. you know, the guys who help us do the nice websites and tell our story. I'm talking about the narrative, which is the job of the CEO. If you're a CEO, if you're the founder, if you, if you have responsibility for where the ship is going, the helm, you should be responsible for the meta helm. You should be responsible for activating, finding out, helping people be connected with that narrative. So what, what's, the, what's the format? You may decide you have a cadence, you know, with a series of meetings. You may decide that this is a good a good thing to bring up at at a certain cadence. Um, you depending on the context, uh, you know, you could be at the beginning of a, of a new product for a new launch, and this is the thing that should come first. Because if you don't, what it creates is chaos. People don't know where the ship is is, is going. Here's a, here's a statistics that's a, a new piece of research for companies of about a thousand people. Um, only 10% of the people know where the company is going. 10%. It's, a, it's in that range. Wow. So you can only imagine if 10% if of the people know where their ship is headed, you know, you'll, you'll face expensive problems. You'll face very right. expensive issues. No, it makes makes total sense. So, so I appreciate laying out the difference between storytelling, strategic narrative, the four dimensions, four quadrants, as as you said, that that was so uh, eloquently put. I appreciate that. So, where can uh, where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? Well, very simply, um, go to the internet and type in strategicnarrative.com. You will uh, land on my company's website, and uh, I have an ebook that I just finished that is uh, published on this website. It's a free download. And this is going to bring you back to some of the concepts that I just shared and more. And I would say that if you're really serious about building a different kind of company, a company designed for not just the very beginning of the 21st century, but hopefully a little more, you know, read this book, read this book. There are 10 principles that I've seen some of my best entrepreneurs and leaders I've worked with activate beautifully and um, and, and you'll find them there. So just download the book. Awesome. <laughs> Guillaume, so, so, so uh, awesome to, to speak to you, to learn from you. I appreciate you being on the show. Jeff, my pleasure. And uh, your show is awesome. I have to tell you, I listened to several episodes before and it was just a huge boost of energy for me. So I'll keep it with my boom every morning. Ah, love it. Love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you watching. Appreciate you listening. Have an amazing rest of your day. Rice, fight, love, repeat. Get after it. And I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>Thank you for listening to the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. You now have the knowledge, but without action, knowledge is useless. Choose to act. Choose to step into your greatness and unlock that hero inside of you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review so more entrepreneurs can hear this message. If you absolutely love this podcast, which I hope you do, then share it up with someone you know who might see benefit from it. Become that beacon of change and together we can impact the world.